0: Good morning, we'll be in the last chapter of Zechariah and uh, closing out the minor prophets and the prophets all together I guess, Uh, you know there's preachers who try to do studies for you know six weeks at a time and then there's those that do a whole two year deal so I appreciate your patience in that and uh, I've certainly learned a lot and kind of gained a new perspective. Uh, having never really studied the prophets, even going to two Bible colleges and never really taking them book by book, I've certainly uh, gained a lot of respect and uh, see a lot of the things that, that, you know, are are to be happy that we live in the age that we live in. Uh, You know, I I think that sometimes we may have too much information for our own good from time to time. Uh, I remember how awesome it was to grow up as a teenager and some degree not understand what was going on on the side of the world, you know, other than when we had missionaries come and visit and and kind of challenge us to think that way. Uh, And sometimes we're, I don't know, I think we may be uh, too bombarded and know too much. Uh, And and oftentimes that paralyzes us from doing what we can. Uh, There's a similar phrase that keeps coming in our house, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Uh, And I kind of tell myself the same thing. I'm very blessed this morning to have a good friend of mine I'm always impressed when people who uh, knew me before the redeeming quality of being married to Whitney still want to come and hang out and fellowship with me and it's good to have David here with us this morning and uh, there was a lot of nights when you know I was a youth minister um, and that's enough to tell you that the man has patience um, back in my first few years of of Full time ministry who got to stumble through that with me and, and still has something to do with me so I certainly appreciate that and as we get to chapter fourteen and Zechariah begins to wrap up his message I am reminded of the ebb and flow of life uh, and the you know I think of tidal waves waves in general you know they come in go out they're controlled by the moon and and the, the and that affects just about everything on this planet. Uh, and it's difficult to even fathom what it's like and how that works. We just know that it does, and a lot of times we uh, take that for granted. It's just the way things are, but it really is human history. Uh, We have lived so long uh, in the Judeo-Christian world that I think we can be fooled into thinking that it's never been worse than it is now. And maybe in our lifetime and maybe our grandparents' generation, maybe there's some truth to that. But to ignore a large swath of human history is to make that statement an all-encompassing statement. Jesus himself comes and begins the revolution of changing the world. Uh, There are people, countless people, who have benefited, who are not Christians, who have benefited from the revolution that Jesus began some 2,000 years ago. Anybody who is able to speak of morality or speak of that's just not how things are done uh, is, has benefited from the grace that Jesus showed us. People reference things like the golden rule or maybe they don't even know they're referencing the golden rule. You need to treat people how you want to be treated and may have no care in the world for the things that Jesus said but knows that that's just the way things are. But that's not the way things have always been. How important it is, much like David, when caught in his sin and and God gives him options of how God can punish him, and David says, I want to be punished by you because you are a just God, you can be satisfied. And we know that through Jesus, God in some way, shape, form, or fashion embodied himself, satisfied the need For whatever you may believe atonement is. And there's tons of people and tons of books who've written those things. But the idea that human beings are never satisfied. We think of the world leaders that always want what? More power. They want more. And that stomach that we have for power, whatever it is for us, maybe it's chocolate, can never be satisfied very long. And Jesus comes along and says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst For righteousness, in the New Living Translation, it it adds justice. For they shall be satisfied. We eat here in a little while, and we'll eat again. We'll thirst here in a little while. We'll we'll fix that need for water, and then we'll need it again. And Jesus comes and says, listen, I'm going to give you something that will overflow if you're willing to seek it. And I think to some degree in a society that everything is within a... A fingertip, we've become lazy in that effort. Uh, I think that one of the passages that goes well, and keep this in mind as we read it, John 1, 5, you know, "And, and the light came to the world and the darkness could not comprehend it. And I usually read that text and I think it's accurate, speaking of worldly darkness. But I also understand that when I come to a text that I don't truly understand that that's darkness in my own life, right? It's always easier to accuse. That's the Hebrew term for Satan, the accuser. There are tons of people in this world, billions who accuse. Billions of us know there's a problem, but there's a small amount that are willing to admit they know the solution. And I believe that that's Jesus. So as we read this in Zechariah, there's some dark comments. There's some dark things. Understand it in the ebb and flow of life and how that works. In verse 1, watch for the day of the Lord is coming when your possessions will be plundered right in front of you. This is a New Living Translation. I will gather all the nations to fight against Jerusalem. The city will be taken, the houses looted, and the women raped. So I want you to think about giving these people over to other human organizations other human nations right it's not just enough to kill that you know we've, we've used this phrase before there is a fate worse than death to some degree as Christians we buy into that right we we believe that hell being separated from the presence of God is worse than Than death, Jesus, and it's pretty up in the English, right? Jesus, when he says, you'll be cast into utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why do you think there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth? The Greek is a little more explicit in that because it's terrible atrocities over and over. Terrible punishment over and over again. When I was growing up, my older brother Bradley would oftentimes have to do physical therapy. And as bad as physical therapy can be, I'm sure Dr. Spears is not that's not an enjoyable thing, right. I remember being a young man and going to physical therapy and, and this little pretty blonde girl just making me beg for mercy, right I, I didn't want to be hurt anymore, right I, I'm not hurt anymore I'm not hurt. I don't want to do physical therapy anymore. So you know, you go back to football practice and nothing hurts anymore, right You know your fingers barely hang, oh, I don't need any help, right. Uh, you know we tend to give men a hard time because we don't want to admit that we're hurting and that we're in pain. Uh, because then we have to go see a doctor and he may tell us some worse things. Right? Well, that's probably inclo- If you've ever been to physical therapy, that's why. Right? I'd much rather just deal with this pain than be turned into a pretzel or have to do the things and, and walk out more sore than I came in. Right? And so we, we see that in this aspect that, that human beings are, are never satisfied. They're is never satisfied. And so we see this terrible description of what it's like to fall into the hands of angry, undisciplined, unjust people. It doesn't take us long to look around to see that that's a reality. I don't want to be placed in anyone's hands. I want to be placed in God's hands, especially covered in the blood of Jesus, right? Because he knows what justice is. He knows. He defines it. He is the embodiment of it. There is a limit to what God wants to do to us, right? Because he sent his son, we know that at some level on this earth, those things can be met. And so we see a lot of wisdom in David going, I want to be in your hands. Because you have mercy, you have grace, and those are not natural human qualities and characteristics. Half the population will be taken into captivity, and the rest will be left among the ruins of the city. Then the Lord will go out to fight against those nations as He has fought in times past. There's that ebb, right? He's going to bring these nations, He's going to hand you over to them, but then He's going to come back and He's going to strengthen you to fight. And really, it's not even that they're going to fight. It's that when God says, hey, this is yours, it's yours. And live your life that way. The, the, the spies, right, they go. Ten of them come back, oh, they're really big. They're large and in charge. And two of them come back and go, who can stand against us, right? To quote Romans 8, there it is, right? There's my quota. Who can stand against God? It's the promised land. That's not just some fancy name. He's going to give it to you. It is the Lord God who fights for you, right? Jesus fought for us, and we didn't lift a finger, especially of us born in this era, which is all of us, by the way. We've done so little to receive the glory and honor that Jesus took for us. And when He means glory, He means death that he would die in a way that would honor God and bring many to him. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fought in times past. On that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will split apart, making a wide valley running from east to west. Half the mountain will move toward the north and half toward the south. You will flee through this valley, for it will reach across to Azal, Yes, you will flee as you did from the earthquake in the days of King Uzziah of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come and His holy ones with Him. Go read Acts 2. And and a lot of this will sound very familiar to Peter's first gospel sermon, right? He takes him on a history lesson. Zechariah's going, let me take you on a history lesson and show how consistent God has been with you in winking, as Paul would later say in Acts 17, at your ignorance. Dragging you, kicking and screaming through history. That even in the face of your bold idolatry, He has kept His end of the covenant. The promised land. The promised Messiah. Verse 6 sounds a lot like Revelation 22, 1-5. On that day, the sources of light will no longer shine. Yet there will be continuous day... Only the Lord, that was perfect timing. Only the Lord knows how this could happen. There will be no normal day and night, for at evening time it will be light. Think of how insane that is, right? And how, how crazy that is and, and how against the grain. You know, people, we won't be taken back. We won't go, oh, this is just a normal day when the Lord returns. There won't be any confusing What was and is to come, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I I challenge you to understand that his kingdom has come. You are kingdom. You are citizens. We're not waiting to go somewhere else. That's great. But you have a duty, a responsibility. And I hate to even use that word because it sounds like we've got some big work to do. It's the work that he's doing in us. We are kingdom people now, and we can't afford to be lazy. There's no reason to be lazy. There's all the reason in the world. If you don't, just look at the news. Go on social media, right? And the beauty of that is God can totally take our failures, as He has with Israel, and use them to bring glory to Him. Death is not the end game. It is how Jesus glorified God. It says, he talks, it's not time for me to glorify Him yet. And it even goes on to say, this speaks in the manner of which way He will die. God has taken death. What many in the world today believe is the final nail. And He says, I'm going to take that death and I'm going to restore order from the chaos. The creation around us begs and looks for that day when Jesus will return. But that doesn't mean that we're sitting and waiting like the Thessalonians. Right, they go out and quit their jobs because Paul says the Lord's coming back soon. He writes Second th- hey, you got to go back to work, man. It's not how that works. You got to go out there and impact people. You got to love people. You got to love people and impact people despite your anxiety, despite your physical failings, despite your your poor attitude. Right? It's in the face of those things. He calls twelve guys the twelve you would never call. You're not going to put Simon the zealot and Matthew the tax collector in the same room. Those guys ain't going to have anything to do with each other. Right? And Jesus calls them. He says, you guys come in here and I've got to tell you something. We're going to set things straight. There's a much bigger deal out there that day, the sources of light. I want to think about verse 8. On that day, life-giving waters will flow out from Jerusalem, half toward the Dead Sea, half toward the Mediterranean, flowing continuously in both summer and winter. Think about the the actual work that they had to do in the first century to have water that we just flipped the faucet on. Some of you before my time know what it's like to walk out in the cold, to use the facilities, Right? They, much of their day was spent on trying to get water to f- feed to drink, right? And then, then to do whatever else we do with water. Up and back. And we see John 4, right? And he has that conversation. With, hey, I'm going to give you a well of water that will never run dry. Well, tell me about this, right? You know, and it's not just an overly... It is a spiritual conversation. But, you know, somebody comes and tells you, I can give you something that will never run out. Well, tell me where to get it. Jesus, uh, Peter, you... You gonna leave me too? You know, I told these people I got to eat my body and drink my blood, and they live. You gonna no? Where will we go? You're it. May our response be that? May our response when people think of us, they don't think of a politician, they don't think of a party, they don't think of this or that. They think of where can we get the eternal words of eternal life. And at the very least, they they pinpoint that. Well, I may not be a believer in Jesus, but so and so is. And if i got a question about Bible or what, I know who to go to. And so this, this think about how much of human history has been in trying to control the creation of the, of, of the universe. God gives us that command, right? Go out and subdue it. Think about it. How many lives have been lost in trying to, to travail water? That we just... Oh, there's boats. We just... That's just normal. That's what we see. But at some point, that was not the case. And people died, right? Probably more in my my lifetime, space exploration. People died to do that. Now they just launch them all the time. Now we're trying to go up there and live. All this time, I think about the disciples sitting on the boat. Fishermen, people who had seen this. This is not new to see a storm come up, right? Right? And we've subdued the ocean. We've got boats. That's how these guys are making a living. And this storm comes up. And how much sweat, how much effort it takes to keep that boat afloat. And then one hole can sink it. Human effort. Right? And they're, they're terrified for their life. Lord, wake up. Master, do you not care? Peace be still. Done. We've not mastered the universe like God masters the universe. And those disciples get a quick reminder. The people of Israel get a quick reminder. It's easy for me to shake my fist at God and go, why do you let the Babylonians do what they do? Why do you let evil continue? Because I look at John 1, 5 and I go, the darkness will not comprehend it. The darkness will not comprehend it. And the whole time he's going, the darkness will not comprehend it. And his Holy Spirit is waging war. On the darkness in me. I look at text and go, I don't understand that. I can't understand it. And somebody wrote a commentary. And then you get to the, the, the commentary and goes, oh, I don't know what he means here. Because the darkness doesn't comprehend it. The difference, and really the only difference is, is we've invited the Holy Spirit into our lives to reveal the dark places. And hopefully, most times than not, we go, Yes, Spirit, reveal it. I want to be in line with you while the world goes, no, crucify him, crucify him. We don't want to have anything to do with him. Bring us Barabbas because we have way more in common with the darkness than the light. Get him out of here. And it's the idolatry that they're being punished and have come out the other side. And we live in an age of grace and mercy, where yes, there is absolute consequence to our sin. When we live a different lifestyle than what God has called us to, there is absolute consequence. And maybe one day there will be a, a foreign power that comes in and drags us to our knees. But we as Christians should be praying against that. And God, just help us to be open to Your will. Help our whole country be open to Your will, so that that doesn't have to be the case. But God, if that is what it takes to make us a faithful body of believers to you, then we will accept what you've given us. Because there is a fate worse than death. And we have to live like it. And when we understand there's a fate worse than death. Then we open our mouths about truth. But most importantly, we are living it. You want to change the world Start in your neighborhood. That's the last thing the devil wants you to do is start in your neighborhood. Jesus left heaven and he didn't become a king and enact policy. He started in his neighborhood. I don't know what the mileage is that Jesus traveled, but I guarantee you most of you traveled that before you were 15 years old. If you went to the beach, if you went to the... I'm just telling you, right? Some of you lapped that several times by then, especially if you're military, right? Grew up military family, you lapped that. Didn't write a book. Other people did. Impacted the world because he started in his neighborhood. His school is a wonderful place that I love dearly, and there are people in here putting more sweat and work into it than I ever will. And it was a great start. And I take that seriously Every time I walk in that door, I walk in the chapel or whatever, I'm starting in my neighborhood. I'm starting with people right here to make a difference. And it's not the overnight trick. It is the long-term deal and commitment and responsibility. I believe with all my heart, the reason we have a lot of anxiety in our world today is because we're so consumed with things that we have no control over. And that hurts us sometimes when we could be so consumed and so busy and there's so many things in our neighborhood that we might be anxious about, right, that that might worry us, may concern us. And then God goes, hey, I've got a pressure valve, and it's called this thing called prayer. And if you've got to stay in it all the time, 24-7, even better. I love it. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I do not access that enough. I don't. I even think about it. Hey, I should be praying more. Done. Right? It's a cross and thought. But I'm, I refuse to use the weapons at my disposal so often. Just think about how much time we've taken to try and consume and, and control and how much money spent every year just to look a little younger. All right? How much m- billions of dollars to look younger. To, to, to come out, somehow subdue what we know is the inevitable. And Jesus says, I'm going to come and I'm going to teach you how to live within the processes and the way the world works, and I'm just going to change it from the inside out. We sing that song, right? From the inside out, change me. Verse 9, and The Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day there will be one Lord. His name alone will be worshiped. All the land from Geba, north of Judah, to Ramon, south of Jerusalem, will become one vast plain, but Jerusalem will be raised up in its original place and will be inhabited all the way from the Benjamin Gate over to the site of the Old Gate, then to the corner gate from the Tower of Hananel to the king's wine press, and Jerusalem will be filled safe at last, never again to be cursed and destroyed. And the Lord will send a plague on all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Their people will become like walking corpses, their flesh rotting away. Their eyes will rot in their sockets. All positive statements right here. Uh, On that day they will be terrified, stricken by the Lord with great panic. They will fight their neighbors hand to hand. Judah too will be fighting at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the neighboring nations will be captured. Great quantities of gold and silver, fine clothing... This same plague will strike the horses, mules, camels, donkeys, and all the other animals in the enemy camps. In the end, the enemies of Jerusalem who survived the plague will go up to Jerusalem each year to worship the King, Lord of Heaven's armies, and to celebrate the festival of shelters. Any nation in the world that refuses to come to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of Heaven's armies, will have no rain. If the people of Egypt refuse to attend the festival The Lord will punish them with the same plague that He sends on the other nations who refuse to go. Egypt and other nations will all be punished if they don't go to celebrate the festival of shelters. On that day, even the harness bells of the horses will be inscribed with these words Holy to the Lord, and the cooking pots in the temple of the Lord will be as sacred as the basins used beside the altar. Don't you hold on to that verse? We'll come back to it. Verse 21. In fact, every cooking pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord of heaven's armies. All who come to worship will be free to use any of these pots to boil their sacrifices. And on that day, there will no longer be traitors in the temple of the Lord of heaven's armies. And I love that that is the last reference that we get. Now, these are all shocking statements to us because we live in the age that we live in, right? Right? a jewish person reads those things and they go well that's just an everyday occurrence because the empires of the world that's how they treat people and so how's god going to treat them the exact way right we we read that be you know judge not lest you be judged by by the same way you judge another you will be judged and so the empires of the world treat people that way so god says what's good for the goose good for the gander right this is how i get your attention that you're not in control. Think about Egypt, right? I'm going to come in and I'm going to take every God and every economic, social thing that you put your trust in and I'm going to slap you in the face with it. Right? It's like what I used to do with my little brother. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. And so God says, hey, I, I can use those things. Right? Oh, you think your firstborn son, the son of Pharaoh, you think he's a God? He's not. And here's a very stiff reminder. But the flip side of that is, is a very, and I don't want you to get lost in the cooking pot here, okay? Cooking pot is a very everyday use utensil. And so you've got the temple and you've got all these things that are only used so often and every once in a while. And the cooking pot is us. You will be every day, run-of-the-mill, Joe Schmoe's, Will be holy. Why? Right? You go back to the New Testament. You've been created. You you are a tool in service to God. That's what gives you purpose. Right? I can find a lot of reasons for a hammer. Right? And a lot of them involve smashing my fingers, apparently. Okay? But that hammer was made for one real purpose, and that's driving a nail. Right, I love to hear a slide guitar, like a, a glass. You know, it doesn't sound great, but man, when I hear that, it's like there's a, you know an itch that's being scratched. It's like, oh, that's good. That's good stuff right there. Right, that that's the way we'll feel. Right, in, in, on the day of judgment when God comes back and we're in heaven with Him forever, we'll be like, whoa, that's a that's an itch I didn't even know I had, but man, does it feel good. But you know what? We don't have to wait for that day. We're called to be used right now. I've been on several mission trips, and every time I go, I come back. Whether i blessed anybody else or not, I feel blessed. You know why? Because that's what you were made for. When we do the things that God made us for, it has nothing to do with my ability or works or all the things that I've done and look at my accomplishments. I'm just doing what I was created for. Right? When we sing, and man, it's just good, it's own. It's like, that's what we were created for. To worship and praise God. And he says these common cooking tools that, that you wouldn't compare to the great candles and the, all the things that are in the temple, those things are going to be holy. Not because they themselves are holy, but because they're being used for their purpose. The world tells you you've got all kinds of purposes. Right, And whatever you may be, that may be you, right? My mom was a post worker for years, right? But that's not who she is. She was that to be used for a higher purpose. Whatever you may do, you are there for a higher purpose. And it starts with the people in your, next to you in the cubicle. It starts with the people that you come in contact with every day. And it shouldn't be determined by somebody that you've never met 500 miles away and what they're doing. Because there's a God... If you're a Christian who indwells you every day and he doesn't get up in the middle, he, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't rest. He's continually 24-7 working despite your frailties and your missteps and the thing that you said and preaching too long. He, he That don't matter. He's going to do what he's going to do. And the more I live, the more I realize what a blessing it is. It does not revolve around me. I always do a better job. I can always be better at what I'm doing. But that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Is He's molding us into the image of the perfect, just, merciful God. So really, when it comes down to it, the only sin is being lazy. The only sin is being left. every bit of it can be attached to that. God says, hey, I'm going to give you all this power. Just go do it. Just be where your feet are and serve the people you come in contact with. And it's going to look awkward and it's going to feel dumb. And it's going to feel like you're not doing the right thing all the time. But God is. So there's a lot of freedom there. This morning, if you don't feel that freedom, guess what? That's probably the, the majority of us. Depends on what day it is. Depends on how many times I've walked in the door, how many times I've misstep, put my foot in my mouth, right? Marcus has spent enough time around me. He knows that that happens a lot. And I've had to come back and go, guys, I blew that, right? My delivery on that was terrible. I said some stupid things. I interjected my stupid opinion, you know, and it stunk. But that does not handicap the creator of the universe who says, oh yeah, You've mastered some things. You've built some really tall buildings. You've made some pretty cool boats, some rockets. You've done a pretty decent job on some of this government stuff. But let me stand up and tell you, be still. Peace. And show you how it's really done. So if you're ready for that, there is no greater time than right now. It's not gonna be an overnight fix. It's gonna be a long haul. Sanctification takes time. And a lot of times as Americans, we think we don't have that. We have as enough of it as God sees fit. So buy into that. Trust Him today, and things will begin to change, and it'll rock your sweet little world. You won't even know which way's up, but it'll be okay. You'll be all right in that because you know who does define that. If you have a need of any kind, once you come, as we stand and sing.